Hello, and welcome to So You Think You Can Rule Persia, the podcast where we rate and review all the kings of Persia from Diochis to the Third. I'm Serial, and my pronouns are they, them. And I'm Umberto, my pronouns are he, him. Hello, and welcome to episode 16, which is to say Artaxerxes the Fourth. We've had so many Artaxerxes right now, and we still get one more. Hooray. Right, one more Artaxerxes the Fourth. Yes, although this choice of name makes more sense than the previous one, because at least Artaxerxes III was cool. Yeah, listen, maybe it was so, in fashion. Yeah. We don't know. Could be. We don't know. It might, might happen. But yeah, so how much do you remember from last time, where we recently gave a Shahanshah after a while that we hadn't given any out? Uh, yeah, right. Uh, last episode was quite interesting. I liked Artaxerxes III much more than I thought I would, because overall I didn't think it would be that interesting, but then so much happened. I was very surprised. It was a very fun episode, honestly, so, you know. Yeah, a lot of things went well for once, which is always positive. Yeah, and I enjoyed myself. I learned a lot. And the empire is no longer crumbling, or at least not so much. And it's kind of, uh, would you say it's stable right now? Definitely more stable than under Artaxerxes II. Yes. Exactly. But uh, if you consider having your last king murdered stable, that's... It's, it's not ideal. Things have gone better. All right, I'll, I'll accept that. Yeah, so what are your expectations for Artaxerxes IV? Well, uh, this young man now has to, <laughs> I guess, consolidate what we got. Because some of the... Well, because Artaxerxes III did a pretty good job at that. Like, that's the whole point, is uh, that the yeah, empire was more stable. Was because so uh, Yeah, not only did he reclaim some of the territories that we had lost previously but also actually put effort into making sure that it wouldn't crumble again and we wouldn't have so many problems with like a big empire and managing all that so really Artaxerxes the fourth just has to continue in his father's footsteps father I'm assuming I don't I don't know I don't know what yeah will happen, but but I, I, I seem to remember <laughs> and Hopefully we'll be fine. I mean, like I don't know. I don't. It also depends what the people around the empire are thinking of doing. Um, yeah. And if they get all high and mighty and say, "Well, Artaxerxes the Third is not there anymore, so let's strike again." But we are at a good starting point, right? So yeah, anything that happens a good, now, a good baseline. We'll, we will we'll see. see. <laughs> yeah, if Artaxerxes can make the best of it, can improve things, or, or if, will make things worse, yeah, or will exactly. just keep things going stably. I'm curious. Let's get into it. All right. Yes, so let's start. So Artaxerxes IV was born sometimes in the 350s BC, and his birth name was Arces. Yes. Which means something related to male or manly, that sort of It name. seems like a nickname for Artaxerxes. I like it. It's a short <laughs> I think version. it would work, honestly. Yeah. It would be pretty good for a short Artaxerxes. Hey. But yeah, as you mentioned, he's the son of, he's the youngest son, actually, of Artaxerxes III and his wife slash relative Atossa. And he managed to gain the throne despite his late position in the line of succession. Because, well, if you'll remember last time, in 338, the eunuch Bagoas murdered Artaxerxes III and all the rest of his male sons, except for Arces, who was then crowned as Artaxerxes IV. But, of course, Bagoas, our proud eunuch, is going to make sure that Artaxerxes IV makes all the correct decisions. 
or at least according to Bagoas. So we'll see if Bagoas' advice is any good, and if Artaxerxes can be any more than just a puppet, which Correct. you don't yes. want to be, generally. He got to the throne pretty young? Or no? I don't know if you've mentioned it. I spaced out for a second, so I don't know. He got to the throne young-ish. I mean, he's the youngest son of Artaxerxes III, but he is also young in general. Like, we're not sure what exactly his age is. Okay. We know that he's not a child, definitely. Oh, right, like, oh, right. He is, he's old enough to be considered not exactly an adult, but capable right. of ruling. All right, all right. Well, because you were saying, oh, you don't want him to be a puppet. I'm like, well, is he another teen ruling yeah, or what? yeah. Yeah, you'll notice that we haven't had a child ruler mm -hmm. ever. Yeah. Because it's not a thing that they do. It's just, you know, the person ruling has to rule. Exactly, yeah. And yeah, with Artaxerxes IV, it's unclear how old he is exactly, but he's generally just described as a young man. All right, so maybe younger than... You know, it could be late teens, early yeah. 20s, somewhere in that area. But with enough autonomy to actually properly rule and not have to use the direction of someone else. Yes, officially so, at least. Yeah, officially. And practically, Bagoas is behind a curtain right. whispering. Yes, because we had a whole thing with Bagoas, I forgot. The, the eunuch. Yeah, so we'll just recap quickly a bit of what Bagoas did. Yes, how did please. he get to this position and how are we doing? So Bagoas, as we mentioned, was a eunuch. We're not sure where exactly he came from, where he emerged from. Basically, we know that he became important uh -huh. during the reign of Artaxerxes III, where he is an important advisor and the general leading most of the Achaemenid forces during the invasion of Egypt. Right. So, yeah, if you remember that, you know, he managed to conduct the invasion of Egypt well and efficiently, together with uh, the Greek mercenaries. And in exchange for having done this great service for Artaxerxes III, Magoas mm -hmm. was made an important advisor for the empire, and he was actually specifically given supreme command over the eastern satrapies with the goal of reordering them all to right. you know, ensure that, to reinvigorate the empire and put everything back in order right, right. with the whole reorganization of Artaxerxes III. So a fair amount of power, but, you know, deserved and needed. Which might have gone to his head a little bit, I guess. Yeah, he managed to climb to the top through his merits, ostensibly. Mm. But, you know, it seems that he got enough of a taste for power that he decided that he wanted more of it. And, well, since he's a eunuch, he can't be king himself, right. but puppets are always yeah. comfortable to use. Exactly, there's an easier way to get to it. And so he... Am I... Forgetting. Did he plot the assassination of the king, Artaxerxes III? Yes, yes, he did. And this is what Bagoas does. So once he is at the height of his power mm -hmm. in 338, he decides to poison Artaxerxes III. Right, yes. And all of his sons, except the youngest one, who is the most of impressionable yes. and easy to manipulate. Everything is coming back now. I'm remembering everything. Sorry, I did not take many notes last episode. <laughs> I was paying attention. Listen, I was paying no. attention, but I was not writing because I was paying attention. You were in the moment. Exactly. You were, you were there. And yeah, so Bagoas now has managed to stabilize the political situation because, well, there are no other brothers who can oppose Artaxerxes IV. The throne is secure and everything is great. So, yeah. hooray, Bagoas can get to rule for a long time. Ooh. However, mm -hmm. the succession crisis is at a bit of a poor moment for the Empire. Because right. a number of reasons. Because firstly, it deprives 
the empire of a capable king. Yeah. In Artaxerxes III, who had done a great job with consolidating things, was mm-hmm. reinitiating building projects and all that. And now he's gone. So right. all his reform projects aren't really finished. He didn't have the time he needed to do everything. Mm-hmm. So that's not ideal. Especially since there's been like 50 years of instability. Artaxerxes III had like 10 years to try yeah. and patch things up. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's and he did incredibly well, but... I bet yeah, people exactly. still remember. So, yeah. And also, another issue with the succession crisis is that, well, now Artaxerxes IV is the only Achaemenid in two generations. Oh, no. Yeah, that's true. Because if you remember, all of Artaxerxes III's children were killed by Bagoas. Yes. So all no of Artaxerxes II's children were killed by Artaxerxes III. Yes, because reckless. <laughs> because, yes. And so we need to go to all the children of Darius II, that is the only side of descendants that is still around. In the direct line, Artaxerxes IV is the only one there. Yeah, that's iffy. That's not very secure. Yeah, so things are a bit shaky. Is this the end of the Achaemenids? Is it it happening? We'll find out. (gasps) (laughs) It might, it might not be. But again, another last bit, and maybe the most serious one, is that well, the Greeks were getting uppity again. And under Artaxerxes III, they'd shut up because, oh no, the <laughs> empire is resurgent. Yep. Everything is scary. Let's not, let's not I mean, them. credit to Artaxerxes III. Like, he worked on that. He made sure that they would stop. Yeah, definitely. So. He made sure all the correct threats and all the correct friendships to ensure that they didn't harass his kingdom anymore. But now with Artaxerxes IV, well, you have a young, inexperienced king that is pretty manifestly a puppet, so that's easier to attack. And the Greek cities start mumbling again. They start arguing. They start trying to see what happens. Oh dear. And also, in the same year Artaxerxes IV is crowned, Philip of Macedon, who had been uh, thinking about attacking Artaxerxes III, won a crushing victory against a league of Greek cities and annihilated the Theban army, destroying <gasps> the sacred band. Oh my god. No, wait, really? Yes. Oh no, my heart. <laughs> there are a lot of sad accounts about the sacred band who was made entirely of 150 pairs of lovers, oh. where just everybody is distraught at the end of the battle because they either weren't able to save their beloveds or because they survived and their beloved didn't. And It's all very that's, sad. That's awful. My heart is breaking now. And I know that, yeah. like, Thebes had been trying to be the power in Greece, and, like, uh, Philip had been like, hey, I'm the newest runner-up on the ra- race, I'm actually becoming more powerful, and such and such and such. We talked about this last episode, but... Yeah. Uh, I just, I have a soft spot for the Theban army. Yeah, it's also kind of sad when you think that, you know, these are real people. Yeah. The I- whole deal was that they were fighting with people they loved, and, well, now more yeah, than half of them are dead. That's what happens, right? So. You fight... Until you don't anymore. Like, if your career is as a soldier, there's a very big chance you will die in battle. So, undefeated until no more. Yeah, undefeated until Philip came and right. but so, made sure they were. I guess we had the foreshadowing of Philip becoming very powerful recently, and I guess we'll get to see how that affects the Empire now. We'll get to see very, very soon, because Philip basically creates the League of Corinth which is essentially a a whole coalition of all the Greek city-states that are now subjected to Macedon, 
And he tells all of them, okay, remember that invasion of the Achaemenid Empire we talked about? Right. We're doing this now. We're forming a grand coalition of all yeah, the Greeks. Yeah, because he, he refused last time. So... Yeah, he mostly saw Artaxerxes. He was thinking about it, but then yeah. know, Artaxerxes III was there, so he said, uh, uh maybe not. Maybe not. They're, they're regaining their strength. Oof. Yeah, but now the strong king is gone and the weak king is there, so Philip prepares a grand army and ensures that, well, it's unclear exactly what his precise plans were, but, mm-hmm. you know, at least the Greek cities in Anatolia should go in his sphere of influence and... Well, who knows what more he can gain. Depends how the war goes. So Philip, he doesn't go directly. So he sends his loyal general Parmenion with about 10,000 soldiers into Asia Minor. And he sends them all over there and tries to recruit the support of all the Greek city-states in the area. (laughs) And it looks like as Philip's army passes by, all these Greek city-states one by one open their gates to the Macedonian army and join this league. Right. So things are not going ideally. Yeah. So these forces move around. They start besieging a series of some of the more strongly held Achaemenid cities. And Artaxerxes IV tries to organize some sort of response. He sends a bunch of different Greek mercenaries under Memnon of Rhodes against this uh, force. But they're not doing great. They're mostly just holding them back in some places, but they can't push them back. Right. So they can sort of block certain areas, but not do very much. Buy time, but not get rid of them. Yeah, they're buying time until a more serious response can be organized. Because also, we're not really sure how strongly should we respond to this. Because they've been doing this for 150 years. Should we worry this time? Should we not? (laughs) Here they are again. How bad is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, Artaxerxes IV is in court, and probably Bagoas doesn't want his puppet to get too far away from his strings, because that could be dangerous for him. That's always an Uh, issue you need to contend with. So, at this point, we get to 336, where Philip himself is getting ready to invade the Empire. He has prepared a large extra expeditionary force that he's going to send to join Parmenion, and then strike decisively at the key cities in Asia Minor. So things are not great. And not only that, Philip has secured an alliance with the kingdom of Epirus, Uh which is to the west of Macedon, by marrying his daughter to the king of Epirus. Okay. And they have a large wedding celebration during which they announce the launching of this expedition into Asia to destroy, Uh or at least crush, the Achaemenid Empire. And it is at this point where Philip is stabbed to death. Uh-huh. At the celebration. Excuse me? Wait. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, so we're getting rid yes. of him, like, immediately. If he's the problem, yeah. then... Was it the Achaemenids? Like, was it... Or was someone else? Well... <gasps> oh, my goodness, the drama. That's the question, because... In a wedding? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Yeah, it's... <gasps> it's very good. Because the murderer of Philip was a man in the court who had a reason to dislike Philip for personal issues, but was killed immediately after Philip's murder Mm. by the bodyguards, so there was no possibility of questioning him. And there are a few possibilities for who killed Philip. One option is that it was some internal thing, that Mm. there was some internal politics going on. Right. Philip angered the wrong people. Poof. 
the alternative option and the one that some Macedonians claimed quite strongly is that the Achaemenid king's 10,000 archers, his many, many coins, had found their way into the pocket of somebody who didn't like Philip very much anyway and was promised a getaway I horse. And, listen, I well, love we'll this because obviously like from the point of view of the Persian Empire and from like, you know, the, our narration, it would make sense because mm -hmm. we're in trouble because he is powerful and dangerous. And if we get him out of the way, maybe this effort will not go as planned because, you know, he has a lot to say or a lot of say on how to organize it. That's why he's successful. And if you get rid of him, then maybe even though the armies are there, things will not go as smoothly. Like it makes sense for us, right? Lucky for us, he died. But yeah, definitely. I don't think, like it also makes perfect sense for the Macedonians and the Greek to say it was their enemy, the Achaemenids, you know? Like, of course... Yeah, I mean, it's definitely convenient for them, but also so, it's not like the Achaemenids haven't paid to murder people yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, it is absolutely plausible. <laughs> it's, I'm just saying it might not be the truth, because of course they're going to blame the Persians for it. But also, yeah. if they did... But you know this common situation where you say a stereotype and the person goes, how very dare you, that is so offensive, and how could you say that about me? I mean, you're right, but that doesn't give you the right to say it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, fair enough. Yeah, I, I think that's the situation. <laughs> it could be that Artaxerxes IV decided to murder Philip and yes. get rid of the scary expedition. How dare you blame it us for it? But also, yes, I mean... Of course we would, but how dare you blame yeah. us for it? <laughs> yeah, so it might have been just some internal politics thing, and right. well, it was convenient for the people around there to say, "Ah, no, but it wasn't. It wasn't us. It was someone else far, far away." Don't look here. Don't investigate. Let's go to war with the Achaemenids, because you know. Yeah. On the bright side, now that Philip is dead, we have that a he is succeeded by his inexperienced twenty-year-old son. Right. So there's a succession crisis there, and it'll take a while for Macedonia to stabilize. And we're on the same so, grounds. Yeah. Yeah, so over in Asia, we can deal with stuff. Uh-huh. And also, this means that Philip's expeditionary force in Asia Minor now is strongly demoralized. Because they heard, oh wait, Philip is dead, Philip isn't joining us? Oh no, So yeah. what are we doing here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's happening? That's what I thought. It's, uh, he had a lot of control over this operation, and with him gone... I mean, it could still be successful, but he was a big part of it, so... Eh. Yeah, it could, but it doesn't have the leader, and now there's a succession crisis, and now all the Greek city-states are sort of rebelling against Macedon. Yeah. And... That's bad. <laughs> what are we doing here in Asia? Should we go back and help? Should we stay here and keep the cities we have? What are we doing? And in this indecision, Artaxerxes' commander, Memnon of Rhodes, who's, by the way, the brother of the commander of the Greek mercenaries in oh, Egypt. Right. Uh-huh. Memnon of Rhodes has a great army and goes and smashes the Macedonians at Magnesia. Okay. They're securing Asia and ensuring that, well, the invasion okay. force isn't strong anymore. They're right. scattered. They're not entirely destroyed, but, you know, they're sort of melting away trying yeah, to Yeah, they might think about it twice before trying, and therefore it's not that much of a problem anymore. Yeah, exactly. And now they, they're getting letters from home saying, hey, the situation's kind of bad. Help. help. <laughs> Can you help, please? Come back. So... Awesome! Artaxerxes IV is now safe and secure. But then he gets to thinking. 
Bagoas is always over my shoulder, and Bagoas killed my father and all my brothers. Oh, he knows. So it wasn't a secret. Whether it was a secret at the beginning or not, it's unclear, but Artaxerxes figured it out by this point. Oh, right. Because at that point, I would just execute him. Well, the problem is that Artaxerxes doesn't feel safe because, well, if Bagos was able to organize the murder of one king... Uh, that's right! That's what's a... gonna happen? Yeah, actually, yeah, that's a good point! Yeah, oh. and Artaxerxes is a young man, and he doesn't know who the captain of the guard is loyal to. He doesn't know if he can just order to arrest Bagos. Is this something he can do? Oh, heck. Um, yeah. <laughs> so he's feeling insecure and worried of his position. So he starts to send some feelers out, trying to send, like, Hey, so what do you think about Bagoas? Do you think he's, uh, <laughs> he's a cool guy or, or, you know? Cross out on this note. Do you like Bagoas? Yes, no. <laughs> maybe. Yes, no, maybe. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so he sends around some notes and, you know, he tries to get some support. He hears back from some people. He doesn't hear back from some other people. Uh-huh. That's concerning. Great. Oh dear. So one day, while Artaxerxes is having a nice, refreshing cup of wine, oh god, has a drink. Oh no! Coughs. Oh god! Coughs some more. All right. Well. And then he falls down. That's the dead. episode, folks. Come back next week <laughs> for more. <laughs> and yeah, so from the shadows, Bagoas comes out and says, "Well, I think I should get a more malleable puppet next time." Well, but this one didn't uh, work but, out. but but like, what is Bagoas going to do now? There's no king anymore. What? That is exactly Bagoas' reasoning, because Bagoas says that Artaxerxes IV, well, his legitimacy was based on being the son of yeah. the king, the grandson of the king, the great-grandson of another king, and so uh -huh. on. It would be much easier to control somebody who has no legitimacy whatsoever, and is only in control because Bagoas says so. But how are you going to choose someone to do that? Like, that's the whole problem. Well, Finding the, the person, like... Because at that point, just be king yourself. Like, if you don't care about heirs anymore? Well, if you weren't a eunuch, you'd probably do that. But he can't. Nobody would accept this. So he can only rule through puppets. So he goes up the family tree. Artaxerxes III, no sons. Artaxerxes II, no sons. Darius II, he has many descendants. Mm -hmm. That was like a hundred years ago with concubines and multiple Yeah, where wives. the hell are they? Nobody knows. There are... Dozens of different minor Achaemenids spread across the empire. Some are satraps, some are different commanders, some are governors of other sorts, some are just regular nobles. One of them is a baker. I don't know how that happened. Could be. Uh. <laughs> happens. So Bagoas has his pick among all these dozens of princelings that he can just choose to rule. Now, last time, I told Bogos. you to remember Artashata. Yes. Right? He distinguished have... himself during Artaxerxes III campaign against the Caducians. I have his name circled in my notes. Exactly. So Bagoas invites Artashata to court and says, Congratulations! You're the king now! What? Do what I say! <laughs> what the And hell? the good thing is that Artashata is just a minor provincial governor. He was just important because Artaxerxes III gave him a satrapy because he was brave that one time. Mm -hmm. So, well, he's extremely easy to manipulate, has no contacts in court. Perfect for Bagoas. That's fair, but how's he going to make him legitimate? Because, uh, I mean, I'm not worried about Bagoas himself, because he has the support, but, like, how are you going to make this role with, you know, 
Well, Bagoas doesn't need to. Bagoas just needs everybody to understand, yes, this is my man. All right. Everybody that's with me, except this guy is king. He'll do what we say. Oh. And Artashata chooses a new name as king and calls himself... Well, his last ancestor that was king is called Darius. So he'll be Darius III. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. And that's what we'll hear about next week. Excellent. Oh, my goodness. This was... Way too quick. (laughs) (laughs) There wasn't much about Artaxerxes. Oh, also, full disclosure. We're not sure if Philip died before or after Artaxerxes IV. Because we just know the the general year of Artaxerxes IV. So I just put it that way because otherwise we'd have nothing to talk about. (laughs) But it could have been during Darius III's reign. It's unclear, but hey. It's still in- we'll unstable. Talk so. more about it next oh time. my god! It's still roughly in the same. Bagoas, what yeah. the hell? Well, I am drawing you today because <laughs> you know. I mean, Bagoas is a lot. Yeah, yeah, he's a very interesting person. But yeah, yeah no, clearly, we'll clearly, wow, the the manipulation. I'm sad we're not ranking yeah. him, and we're ranking Artaxerxes yeah. the third. We can um, see if to put him in a VIP seat, but uh, if you think he's worth it, we'll see. Yeah. Also, some Greek authors say that. At this point, Bagoas didn't choose an Achaemenid, but this is where the Achaemenid line ended with Artaxerxes IV because there were no more descendants. Mm. That's less likely, but at least the main Achaemenid line has been interrupted for the first time since Bardia. Yeah. So there we go. We're we're still, like, Darius III will still count as an Achaemenid, right? Same descendants. Uh, He does. Yeah, Yeah, again, some Greeks say that he's only pretending to be an Achaemenid, but... In practice, he's probably well, is. that's why Bigo was chosen, along with right? all the so, dozen other people. Yeah, yeah we haven't started so. a new dynasty yet, so nah, that's fine. All right, <laughs> that's fine. Okay, so are you ready to rate Artaxerxes the Fourth for yeah. all we know of him? Let's do it. Okay, so first category is final moments. How interesting was his death? Poisoned by Bagoas for being too independent. Uh, a bit derivative. We've seen it before. Yeah, not so yeah. original. Could have, could, have, uh, <laughs> could have advanced, you know. Family tradition. Only used the ash room a certain amount of times. Yeah. And then changed, but uh, uh, surprisingly, but so. Goes could have improved. So you know, there was that. Uh, but yeah, nothing yeah. out of the ordinary. Sadly, I mean, out of the ordinary in the sense that it is <laughs> not out of the, you know. Oh, uh, Bagoas really yeah, be out there. We had a stable empire like one king ago. Now we've had a, a king just murdered. Yep. But yeah. Uh, I'd uh, say a one. I think final moments. I'm going for like a one or a two. I'm not terribly impressed. It's like, yeah, it's derivative method of murder. He was murdered, but we don't get a, an, ex, an especially interesting scene out of it. I'd say a two, maybe? I'd say a one. So. A one. Okay, fair enough. So, with a 2 and a 1 for final moments, we get 1.5 out of 10. Next category is battle hardness. How good was he at fighting? Well, he did something. I mean, under Memnon of Rhodes, he managed to first sort of hold back the Macedonians and then defeat them at Magnesia. So that's pretty good. Oh yeah, that happened. Nothing incredible, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) there weren't many things to remember. How could you forget? Well, because... There wasn't that much happening anyway. <laughs> Fair. But yeah, so battle hardness, eh, something. I think I'm also hovering around a two. Not too much, though. I'd say a one for that one battle. 
again. Did he okay, actually fight in it? Uh, probably not. He was. Yeah, then, yeah. And one seems it fine. It was explicitly under another general, so there we go. Yeah, okay, fair enough. So, two and one for Battle Hardness gives us a three out of 20, which is very low. It's just above what Bardia got, so that's embarrassing. Bardia was more interesting than this. Yeah, fair At enough. At least he was strong. Okay, next category is scheminess. How good was he at plots and all that? Good at being part of one. Apparently terrible at saving himself, so zero. Yeah, I mean, he tried to make a plot against Bogoas and failed miserably. Yeah, that was just <laughs> so, bad. That was bad decisions. Yeah. Bad decisions. Also, maybe he murdered Philip, but also we don't know. So Yeah, maybe he murdered Philip, but we're not sure. Uh, Do you want to give him a token point for that? No, I think with the or, one would be enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fine. So zeros and zeros. Yep. Zero and a zero for scheminess gives him a zero out of 20. Next category is shock factor. How shocking was this man? Uh, not at all. He, uh, he, he existed really thought, and... Yeah, he really thought he <laughs> could take care of the goas that way, which... Yeah. yeah, he thought he could outsmart the man who outsmarted his father. Yeah, <laughs> that's more brave fool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not... No, I, I don't I don't think I can give him anything. So I think a zero as well. How about yep. you? Yep. So zero and zero, shock factor, zero out of 20. Sorry, Artaxerxes. There's a reason why Darius III didn't choose the name Artaxerxes V. Yeah. Oh, now we have a reason. I see. <laughs> yeah, now we've shifted. Okay, next category is Aaron Shine. How good was he for the Empire? I mean, he I stopped he that one. Something. Yeah, could've that one worse. rebellion yeah. that could have been really bad didn't happen because of that couple of yeah, battles he... and because of Philip passing. So yeah, he stopped the invasion of Macedon, which was pretty good. Before and after him, the empire is pretty much the same, except partially because of him, the Achaemenid line is cancelled. Right. <laughs> the main Achaemenid line is gone, and. We have our next king is going to be somebody with barely any legitimacy to his name. Yeah. And Bogoas firmly in control. But that's also Bogoas. So that's fault. not great. But yeah, so I'm not willing to give him too much, but I'm not willing to be too harsh. I think somewhere between a two and a three, because he efficiently protected the empire, him and Bogoas as his minister. Hmm. But he also. Yeah, no, he should legitimacy. get some token yeah. for. That Greek rebellion that didn't happen and such and such. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, I think I'm going for like a two or something because he is... Yeah. Because he responded effectively, but, you know, could have been better. I mean, he didn't really have time. I'll give him a three. You know what? Like. Okay, nice. Fair enough. So two and a three gives him a five out of 20 for Aaron Shine. Next category is Face of Faces. What do you think this man looked like? I'm working on it. Nice. So we'll soon see what Serial thinks of poor old Artaxerxes IV, nicknamed Arces. <laughs> I'm being very literal. But listen, <laughs> I can't spend hours on this. So. Okay, so Serial has sent me their drawing. Let me pick it up so I can see what Artaxerxes IV looks like. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. 
That's I, all I got for today's this episode. Is very folks. good. Yes, I love it though. It's perfect. So what we have, dear listeners, is an ominous dark hand coming down from above. Attached to it are several strings which go down to our poor little Artaxerxes IV, who is a tiny little Achaemenid puppet with a nice beard and hat and little maneuverable joints. Yep. He's just flopping around at Bagoas' control because the poor man didn't get much of a time to do anything or much of a chance. So there we go. It Very happens. nice. It'll be on the website if you want to check it out, and please do, because it's awesome. Okay, so Serial, I will now show you what he actually looks like. And this is an alleged portrait. We're not sure, but it's actually a coin portrait, which we'll be getting more and more of from now on because it's becoming a thing. So hey, cool. So here we go. There's our boy Artaxerxes IV. Oh, okay. So something I noticed immediately, no beard, which, you know, yep. interesting. I guess the main he was issue is that probably he was a very young fairly man. Fairly young. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So he was so young. I was thinking of drawing him without a beard, but since I was drawing a puppet anyway, I figured I would go with the the, puppet the would usual have a beard, yeah, yeah, the usual works. how they display kings <laughs> on their reliefs and on their art. So Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, very interesting. It has the cute little hat that looks like a Phrygian hat with the mm-hmm. bold on top and curly hair and I like this. It's very it has a really good stylization i like this coin it's a good coin yeah it's very nice i also like how you know it's moving away from the style that we had otherwise yeah. this is from an anatolian satrap printing coins so it's not the typical stylized thing it's a bit more variety which i quite like honestly yeah yeah, yeah. i enjoyed this this is very pretty no idea if it's yeah. him but like it might be so you know it could be it's presumably right for the period yeah all right all right i don't know I actually quite okay, really like so this. What is your verdict? I think it's going to be my my highest score for Artaxerxes the fourth. Oh, probably. Yeah. yeah, I'll go up to because it's contemporary and it has a really interesting style, mm-hmm. and it's probably actually him. Yeah, and it looks more like a person than a stylization. Yeah, I think I'll go for like at least a seven. I'm honestly going for an eight. I Ooh, think it's very okay. nice, very clean, yeah. very well made. Actually, yeah, you've convinced me. Let's go for an eight. I wasn't okay, sure about perfect. it, but now I am. Congratulations, Artaxerxes the Fourth. You look good. So <laughs> with an eight and an eight. That is a four out of five for Face of Faces, which is the greatest score since Xerxes the First. So wow. congratulations. And then we have our final category, which is to say lengthiness. How long do you think this man reigned? Didn't you say it was a year? Was it a year? It was a bit more than that. It was okay. a year and something okay. which i'm going to approximate with two years all right because yeah we're not sure when exactly in 336 he died uh-huh but came to the throne 338 so two years divided by 10 is 0.2 points out of five for lengthiness yep yep that tracks this leads us to a final score of 13.7 out of 100 which makes him the second worst ruler of all of them after Xerxes the second. Yep. Which, Wait, after Xerxes the second? Okay, fine, fine. <laughs> I mean, Xerxes the second did, add, you know, it was 40 days where he did nothing at all. Yeah, yeah. That's, at yeah. least after Xerxes the fourth did something. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so, <laughs> eh, you know, this is not exactly great. the great Silver Age that Artaxerxes the third was hoping for, but 
We'll try next time with Darius the Third and see if that does any better. It's interesting how will. after all that he did and all the things that he figured out, Artaxerxes the Third, that is, he mm. overlooked the Goas. Yeah, he thought he could trust him, and that's why being king is dangerous. Indeed. You can be as powerful as you want, but poison will always get you. Unless you're paranoid like Perisat is and make yourself invulnerable to it by having a small dose every day because you know that yeah, people hate try. you. And... <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think there was, what was it? I think it was the when the IRA was trying to assassinate Margaret Thatcher. They wrote a letter saying, we have to be lucky only once. You have to be lucky every time. That is, yeah. Which I think yeah. fits for yeah, that's being fair. king. So there we go. But that doesn't exclude one final point, which is to say, was Artaxerxes IV fascinating enough, puppety enough, and something else, probably, Are you to being be called a Shah right Shah? Are you or being is he ser- just a Shah nah? I... <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to make the joke. Like, nah. of course not. Of course not. <laughs> but, but Begoas gets to have a seat because... Do you want to put Bagoas in the VIP section yes. with Megabizus and Parasatis? Obviously. Not for the same reasons. Like, I don't like him. But mm-hmm. all of this is his fault. So, you know. <laughs> okay, very nice. So, Artaxerxes IV, you can go back to Artaxerxes II and tell him that things are better, but not as good. So, you can chat in the desert for that. Yeah, While Bagoas can get his nice VIP seat where he can exchange murder tips with Parasatis. So that'll be fun. Yeah, Artaxerxes IV can just comment to his dad and his siblings that he got to last, like, you know, a year and a half, a bit, a bit more. <laughs> yeah, you know. I was so uninfluential that historians aren't really sure when I died. <laughs> that was my imprint on the world. Oh my goodness. All right, and yeah, that is all for today's shorter episode. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. If you have, please remember to review us wherever it is possible to review us. If you want, follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook. We post stuff if you're interested. uh, Indeed we do. And see about new episodes. And uh, yeah, so join us next time for the episode on Darius III, where we'll see how long does Bagoas manage to continue ruling? How many kings will he go through? Does the Rise the Third actually amount to anything? Let's see what happens. Yeah, tune in and find all of our information as always in the notes and on the website. Thanks for making it all the way through the episode. It wasn't very long, but hopefully we'll have some more for you next week. And take care. Bye. Yeah, take care. Have a nice day. Bye.